Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 196 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 9 and 10 today, and our focus is on the justice of God, how he puts down the evil, raises up the oppressed and fatherless, and how he hears the desire of the humble. I want to welcome some new listeners to board from Kuwait City, Kuwait, Taipei, Taiwan, Bristol, United Kingdom, Punjab, Pakistan, Manipur, India, Parts Unknown, Albania, Parts Unknown, Italy, Newfoundland, Canada, New York, New York, Phoenix, Arizona, Springfield, Illinois, and Little Rock, Arkansas. Thank you all for listening. Please do consider telling your friends and family about the show and inviting them to join with us as we daily listen to and seek to obey God's word, usually one chapter at a time. When we cover the Psalms, sometimes it's two chapters a time. Our website is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can contact us there, ask a question, make a comment, check out show notes and transcripts, and subscribe to the show. Two Psalms today, both are focused on the justice of God. In the first, we see David praising God for his justice and his watch care over the needy and the oppressed. Psalm 9, verse 7 says, The Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The Lord is a refuge for the persecuted. And in the second Psalm, Psalm 10, we see the psalmist asking questions about God's justice. Why is it delayed? Why do evil people mock God and think they can get away with it? Why do the wicked prosper? So the first four verses of Psalm 10 says, Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue their victims. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked person arrogantly thinks there is no accountability since there is no God. So, in that first psalm, Psalm 9, the psalmist David, is he's so full of faith and assured of God's care and justice and mercy being executed exactly as it should be right when it should be. But then we get to Psalm 10, and there's questions and doubts and concerns, and, and it's a cry for help seemingly spoken in a place of wanting faith. Isn't that just so genuine? Isn't that so relevant to our experience as Christians? I mean, I think it is for me. Sometimes I'm in a Psalm 9 mindset. I worship and exult in God and bless his justice and see so many signs of it. And then other times I'm in more of a Psalm 10 mindset. I'm shaken. I'm stirred. I'm crying out to see God's justice released on the earth because I'm not seeing it clearly at all. As we've discussed before, the Psalms are just so very realistic, aren't they? Realistic emotions, realistic struggles and realistic prayers. In the Psalms, you don't see an idealized and sanitized version of following God. You see following God as a human in all of its splendors and difficulties. You see what real faith looks like, real struggles, real heart cries, real defeats, and soaring victories in the Lord. I love this about the Psalms, and I love it more and more the older I get. Again, it's just so real. 
putting both of these psalms together, we see that God lifts up the oppressed. He cares for the orphan. He does justice for those who are good and downtrodden. And he's ultimately going to devastate those who engage in unrepentant evil. When he will do those things can be quite the question, right? His justice sometimes moves right in line with our own timing, as we see in most of Psalm 9. And sometimes, as we see in Psalm 10, his justice seems exceedingly slow, at least from our perspective, that is. Knowing that God's timing rarely fits with our timing is wisdom. It's not easy wisdom, but it is reality, and one grows in wisdom simply learning to live with God's timing being different than our own. Well, let's go ahead and read our two Psalms, beginning with Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. I will rejoice and boast about you. I will sing about your name, Most High. When my enemies retreat, they stumble and perish before you, for you have upheld my just cause. You are seated on your throne as a righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations. You've destroyed the wicked. You've erased their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to eternal ruin. You have uprooted the cities and the very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment and he judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The Lord is a refuge for the persecuted, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you, Lord. Sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion, proclaim his deeds among the nations. For the one who seeks an accounting for bloodshed remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the oppressed. Be gracious to me, Lord. Consider my affliction at the hands of those who hate me. Lift me up from the gates of death so that I may declare all your praises. I will rejoice in your salvation within the gates of daughter Zion. The nations have fallen into the pit they made. Their foot is caught in the net they have concealed. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed justice, snaring the wicked by the work of their hands. Higyon. Selah. The wicked will return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God, for the needy will not always be forgotten. The hope of the oppressed will not perish forever. Rise up, Lord. Do not let mere humans prevail. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Put terror in them, Lord. Let the nations know they are only humans. Selah. Psalm chapter 10. Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue their victims. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord in all his scheming. The wicked person arrogantly thinks there is no count accountability since there's no God. His ways are always secure. Your lofty judgments have no effect on him. He scoffs at all of his adversaries and he says to himself, I will never be moved from generation to generation. I will be without calamity. Cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near settlements. He kills the innocent in secret places. His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket. He lurks in order to seize a victim. He seizes a victim and drags him in his net. So he is oppressed and beaten down. Helpless people fall because of the wicked one's strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten he hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord God. Lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. 
Why is the wicked person despised God? He says to himself, You will not demand an account, but you yourself have seen trouble and grief, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless one entrusts himself to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked, evil person until you look for his wickedness, but it can't be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere humans from the earth may terrify them no more. So, amen. One beautiful nugget of truth is found in Psalm 10. God hears the desire of the humble. What a comforting truth. Pastor Charles Spurgeon expounds on that text in a a sermon he preached quite a long time ago. He says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. I call this a very blessed fact, first, because it's always been a fact. In all ages and in all places, wherever there has been a humble heart that has lifted up its desire to God, the Lord has heard that desire. Whether Jew or Gentile, whether in the palace or in the poorhouse, whether in sickness or in health, whether in poverty or in wealth, whether in life or in death, no difference has ever been made. If the desire has been a humble one from the first man who ever prayed down to the present time, God has always been ready to hear. And, blessed be his holy name, it is not only an old fact, it is as much a fact tonight as it was when David first penned the words, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. At this very moment, God's ear is hearing the beating of your hearts, O humble soul. Jehovah's heart discerns the throbbings of your desire, though they are unexpressed in words. His eyes of fire, which pierces through and through, are reading every longing desire of every anxious thought here. It is so now, and it will be a fact all through this year. God will hear the desire of the humble. It is a fact of the olden times, but it's also a fact of present importance and of the future too. Notice how the psalmist puts this fact. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. David does not say you have heard the prayer of the humble. He means that, but he also means a great deal more. Sometimes we have desires that we cannot express. They are too big, too deep. We cannot clothe them in language. At other times, we have desires we dare not express. We feel too bowed down. We see too much of our own undeservedness to be able to venture near the throne of God to utter our desires, but the Lord hears the desire when we cannot or dare not turn it into the actual form of a prayer. I know you've sometimes said, I wish I could pray like so-and-so. Often you've thought, if I could only put together a great many beautiful sentences into goodly shape, then maybe God would hear me. Don't talk so foolishly, says Spurgeon. If you cannot put together two words correctly, if your desire is right, God will hear the desire. What a great exposition of God's word. I hope that's as encouraging to you as it is to me. We close out with our Bible memory verse for the month of July. It's Luke 6, 47 through 48. Jesus said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.